and welcome to another episode of SAS Showdown. My name is Colin McCarthy, and I'm very happy that you've joined us today for another conversation with my colleague and friend. And I'm Rose Leighton. Thanks, Colin. <laughs> um, so today I was thinking we've talked about SaaS and we've talked about SaaS apps and we've talked about how to purchase SaaS and the, the general market of SaaS companies. Um, so today I was thinking maybe we would transition a little bit over into managing SaaS. We have all of these SaaS tools in our buckets as IT people. Um what do we do with them? Right. Yes. Because once you've got all of those separate applications, they, as you've said, they need to be managed, secured, and uh, and discover. You need to discover what what you have, what is being used, to run some audits on them, etc. Manage the uh, the licensing and the costs. So, I think I know me personally when in our I guess, journey and, and continued adoption into SaaS-based applications, it was always around managing the, the account, managing the identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, you know, it, it grew from there. So for, for us, I think, I, I think the, the, the most important part is defining that, uh, that part of the identity that you're going to be managing. Right, because it's not just one account anymore, right? It's not right. an email account with this password that you use everywhere. Usually, you've got your Googles, your project managers, your Slacks, your Zooms, all with different logins. Right, yes. And in when we previously spoke about how to choose a SaaS application, obviously we spoke about single sign-on, whether it was SAML or, or Google Google OAuth. So there is essentially only one account to rule them all. And all of your <laughs> SaaS applications connect in um, through some other some means. Uh, whether you're on, you know, Google Workspace and it's added into the marketplace, or you're in Azure AD as your identity. So, I guess that really brings us up the, the the point of of how do you manage that identity and identity access management. Right. I A M. Right. Um, well, I mean, so we talked about this a little bit earlier, but uh, every organization that's older than maybe 20 years or so started on Active Directory. Oh, right? yes. That's, that's how they started managing identities. Well, yeah, um, it was, it was so simple because. Right. You, it's the only game in town too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You would log onto your computer. You couldn't do anything on your computer than, you know, what your administrator wanted you to do. And, that AD account obviously would give you access to resources, uh, file servers, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those days uh, are historic. I remember historic. the first time I ever saw it. I thought it was magic, right? Being able to log in on any computer in the network. Yeah, roaming, roaming profiles. Yeah. You know, putting, putting limits on how much people could store to the desktop so that they didn't have huge roaming profiles and was never able to log in from one computer to another because it would take too long to download <laughs> everything you put on the desktop. Those yeah, sort of I remember we had things. like H files or J files or whatever yeah, that were yeah. like our personal. 
that's yeah. where you put your stuff if you wanted to keep it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was all about mapping that home directory in the in the Active Directory profile. So yeah, those you know that is the traditional um, identity. But obviously, Active Directory is being retired in a lot of places. We were talking to a friend and colleague recently who's looking to get rid of their on-premise Active Directory and use another service as as the identity. Um, Why are they looking to get rid of their Active Directory? Like, what starts that? Uh, I think for him and for a lot of others, um, and for ourselves even, uh, in, in, in my experience, it's the lack of physical on-premise services that people are connecting to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people don't have file servers. People don't generally shouldn't be connecting, you know, authenticating to a VPN to get access to a resource. Everything is being accessed through the, through the browser, um, from, from anywhere on any device. So therefore, uh, so what's know, the point? Yeah. yeah. What's the point of having an active directory? It's just, it's just too restrictive and, and for companies to try and manage it, um, you know, manage certainly in the last, you know, 15, 16 months with everybody being remote and not in corporate offices, you know, uh, securing your devices through a group policy when nobody connects to the network is, <laughs> is incredibly difficult. Um, AD worked for, for an, a bygone era that is no longer with us. So, but that, you know, that carries on. There's a whole, there's an hours of conversation about that and, and all the developments right. there. Um, but choosing that that identity is often the starting point because pivoting off Active Directory, yeah, it it, it can, can be done. I think you did it, or your organization yeah, my, has done yeah, that. My, co- my company did it shortly before I arrived, actually, for four and a half years ago. Um, and I think there's there's just a lot of factors to consider when you go off of our Active Directory because many places are not only using Active Directory to give access to network resources, they're also using it to manage the hardware that they're mm-hmm. giving to their employees, right? Laptops or in yep. some cases desktops. Um, and sometimes, depending on what they have, right? If they have Microsoft, Active Directory is intricately connected to how you use Microsoft products. So, yeah, yeah. Certainly, if you were on a traditional exchange environment, which you know, obviously, a lot of people were certainly before uh, Gmail as a as a service or you know, Google Apps a business came around. Um, everybody was using on premise uh, exchange, and, and your AD account would give you access to that mailbox. Um, but it's interesting how you've said about how obviously that identity is also linked to how the device is, is managed and and secured. And -hmm. it's interesting that the choice of, uh, of your identity access, you know, uh, choice can be dependent on the collaboration platforms you're on and also the type of hardware that you use, Mm -hmm. um, I've, Both I've, of them together, which they're not, it's not normally something we think of as inextricably linked, but in this case, yes, they yeah, have yeah. to go together. I, they, they certainly have to be considered in, in, the, in the discussion and the conversation. It's almost like a matrix can be created. You know, if you have this and you have that, then this is the best combination of services for you. You know, it's pick from one of these columns and, and what meets <laughs> up in the middle yeah, yeah. is is the best solution for you. Um, 
And when it comes to identity and access management, you don't have to go with just one thing, right? You can marry hardware solutions with software ones. Yes. Yeah. 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 And there's some organizations that will, for their requirement and their need, have potentially two AIM providers. You could be utilizing uh, Azure Active Directory and also Okta. Right. Or uh, I know we used Jump Cloud and Okta for a while right? because we had the need for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, a conversation about all the pros and cons of that would be incredibly technical. Um, <laughs> yes, for sure, and, for sure, and and potentially rather boring and and quite niche. But you know, each one of them has limitations. Like Google Cloud has a sync tool into Active Directory, but Active but it can only sync one domain. You know, Okta has more capability to sync stuff multiple domains in. So you know, there are some corporations that have multiple domains that end up having, you know, all three purely because not, but they, they don't also all play has well. some very deep, like customization options. So like, um, not just branding, but also like custom profile fields and things like that. So they are really deep into that if you have a need for it. Right. Yes. And there's also the integration into, you know, other applications and using it as the the identity provider for all of your other applications that you have, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, Zoom or your help desk ticketing system, um, your right. expense program, everything else, everything you single sign on into. So um Well, so what's the what's the goal? What's for the end user experience when you're looking at identity and access management? What's the goal? In the realm of SaaS management and, and choosing an AIM, um, simplicity. I, I I always I very much believe in frictionless IT for the end user. Um, mm-hmm. It needs to Same. be, yeah, it needs to be. Uh, it needs to be frictionless and not a problem. Right. It can't be. It, it can't be frustrating to use because otherwise they'll they'll find ways around it or they won't use the corporate products and they'll start using a lot of shadow IT because. Right. I think it always, also has to be easy to find. Right. Like you don't want your users getting lost. That's why I think things like Okta and one login and places like that, right. They have basically apps pages for your users. Right. They just click on whichever app they're trying to use right now and it will take them and log them into it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Google, the Google cloud identity has that with the Google dashboard. You can log in and you can see all the SaaS applications that have been published to you. And even as your AD, you know, your Microsoft account, you could sign into a, a dashboard and see all of the, the single sign on applications. So they all have right. very, very um, uh, competitive, com- comparable features like that. But yes, um, I think that the, the choice does revolve around, oh, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say it does depend on on the hardware that's being used as well um, and the type of industry. Um, I know yeah, I, I know that a lot of people, if, if they are a Mac shop, then there's a more, some more flexibility. You know, everybody really has to use Jamf. 
there there are if other, you can call Mac shop, yeah. <laughs> there are there are other obviously Mac based uh, administration programs they can use. But if you're using Gemf to manage your device, then you know your identity. You have a lot more flexibility with. Although there are some pros and cons of using each one, depending on on how the the secure login is done on the Mac right. and and password writebacks. If you're um, primarily a Windows 10 shop, then obviously, you know, Azure AD, Intune is is that easier uh, road to, to go down regarding choosing your, your AIM platform. And what about us poor souls who have mixed OS shops? So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> they, that, is, that is why there are... That, I, I would say that's why the Octas and the Jump Clouds and the Google Cloud yep. exist, right? Because companies these days have a really hard time justifying 100% Windows or 100% Mac, especially as they get larger. Yes, yeah, because it's there is more... Um, flexibility I th- I'm finding is being required by employees. Um, and in some markets it's a very, a very competitive field. So they, you know, companies yeah. have, have made that educated choice some, a number of years ago to provide hardware that the end users want to, want to work with. You know, right. uh, I, I am never going to go and work for a company where I have to use Outlook again. Um, <laughs> that will be my choice. So right. I would only exactly. ever, you know, uh, I, I don't, I don't mind which OS I use, whether it's, you know, Windows or a Chromebook, but some people are more, more, more picky with, with what they want to use. Well, and for some particular fields as well, like we know software development mostly takes place on Macs. There's a lot of like video production mm-hmm. that mostly takes place on Mac. Um, finance and accounting organizations tend to be fairly Windows heavy. Yep. Um, so, you know, there's some, there's some, some field preferences there based on, you know, what industry you're in and things like that. But, you know, or you could be like my organization, right? We're about 30% Chromebooks, right. 30% Mac and 40% Windows, I think at this point. So <laughs> we just have all the things, all the things. Yes. Yeah. Um, which, which means you end want, up we having. we want them to be managed the same, right? We want them to be managed the Fairly collectively. And when, when you say the same, are you talking like the in the same within the same application, that single pane of glass? Yes. In some ways, yes. But also I'm talking about, you know, like we want them to connect to the same identity. We want somebody to be able to, if they decide that they want to switch to Mac for their next computer, right? It's not a big deal for us to transition them. They're right. connected to the same okay. systems at the top. Right. So you don't and want- they have the same software installed at the start, right? They they can work with the same imaging or MDM or whatever that we're using right. to secure both. Yeah, yeah. You don't want your your Chromebook users to be on a Google identity and your Mac users to be on an Octa identity, because then it makes it it makes it just harder for as you say end use any end user transitions or or help desk support tickets, knowing which identity to try and. Mm-hmm. to try and manage. It's interesting yeah. how we've, we were talking about, you know, uh, the, I guess our initial overview of, of the three different areas, you know, uh, manage, secure, discover, 
and talking about how to manage the identity, but we've sort of pivoted to to hardware <laughs> for the last the last four minutes. Which, I know. I think which I is interesting because, <laughs> because uh, but this is great because SaaS, you know, everybody thinks of SaaS as as you know, and zero trust as managing the identity mm-hmm. and uh, data. It, yeah. And, and data. So, you know, that's the manage of their data, secure, you know, their documents and the sharing and, and then discover any applications that they're using. But in a corporation that's providing end user hardware, the the ability to how you manage that, I think, does play a very important part in that, that AIM decision. I think if you're a a corporation, and I don't know of any large ones, it's normally generally startups that won't give you a company computer. They might give you, you know, uh, an expense account to purchase one or maintain one, but. Right. They They're bring your own device companies. Yeah. Yeah. However many, you know, serious BYOD, you know, policy and companies there are. And then, and then you are just solely managing that identity. Um, well, and you're not though, in a way, because even bring your own device companies have managers. Yes, yeah, even yeah. <laughs> it's one of the pitfalls. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you hope that they do. They don't always, especially in the startup world, but you would hope that they do. Right. Yes. So like some antivirus or something. So yeah. So AIM that the, the program you use, whether it's something like Okta, Jump Cloud, Azure AD, Wide Login or Google Cloud Identity, your Google account, it isn't solely about the identity, um, as, as we've said. It's about that that choice of how you're managing the device. And it's not just as you've very well uh, highlighted and pointed out, it's not just uh, corporate devices, but your BYOD policy would have a mobile device management policy and and application attached to that and i know the okta has an app i think azure ad has an app cloud identity certainly has has a policy to manage that data um i don't know about jump cloud and, and one login one login I don't either. um no i use jump cloud mostly in the browser but um well so pivoting back a little bit to the software piece i think the one thing when you start looking at identity and access management even if you had active directory before right Mm -hmm. you probably have unmanaged SaaS applications SaaS applications that aren't being logged into with anything or they're being logged into with oauth accounts google microsoft facebook sometimes (laughs) Um, (laughs) but one of the first things I think, and I know Colin, this is one of your favorite pain points that you realize when you try to bring all of those apps in under one identity is how much SAML costs. Right. Yes. Yes. Which we mentioned when, how do we choose a SAS application and, and the pain points of that. So and some apps don't even have SAML. It's not even something that they offer. So what do we do in these cases? Hmm. I'm trying to think. I don't know. I haven't come across any, you know, third-party SaaS application that would be added on to your uh, primary collaboration tools, you know, Google Workspace and Office 365 that doesn't 
provide some form of SAML authentication, but it might not oh, be I the SAML. But, but it might they they might not. But it might not be the. They might not work with the identity identity provider that you have chosen. You want. Yeah. So you know, uh, and that can be a deciding factor over mm-hmm. which which identity provider you decide to go with. So, you or know, sometimes Google, whether or not you renew your contract with that other piece of software. Right. Yes. Because obviously whatever piece of software they have, there's probably a few competitors. Um, right. So like, for instance, um, we have a contract management tool at the mm-hmm. organization I currently work for. I um, will not name it, but um, I don't want to throw them too far under the bus, but um they don't do SAML. I think they, like, we asked for it and they mm-hmm. offered, like, you know, upwards of several mm. thousand dollars to put it into place. So we just decided no. <laughs> but now that means that this piece of software is siloed, right? It's off to the side compared to our, the rest of our core applications. I wouldn't consider right. this a core application. It's used by a very small subset of people, mostly lawyers <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, and people who do con- deal with contracts at the organization. And so like, it's not core. I wouldn't have considered it a deal breaker for our identity and access management tool. Right. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, Oh, you don't know. You don't integrate with such and such. Like, guess it's a no go because they don't integrate with anything. <laughs> and I, I guess it becomes a problem of, if if every user needed to use that piece of software, then it would be unmanageable. But if you've, right. if you've explained, only certain members of the of the company need that software, so it's it's kind of manageable that 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 application doesn't have single sign on is just a, a separate siloed username and password. It's not brilliant, and you you then have to think to know okay out of the, let's say a number, out of the 2,000 people in our organization, 20 of those people have a separate username and password for this siloed application. Mm-hmm. Out of those 2,000 people, if one of those 20 people need leave, then the IT team needs to do their normal t- normal deprovision, but then remember, oh, these are one of to the 20 people that have this other thing. So that's where AIM you know, and SaaS management really wins and Mm-hmm. You know, having those siloed applications and not having a single sign-on obviously is where problems happen because, you know. And for what it's worth, I mean, we've changed a number of applications in our organi- my current organization because they didn't work with identity and access management. They just, right. it's too much friction, right? Yes. Either it worked, but it didn't work properly all the time, or it didn't work at all, or they were going to charge us an exorbitant amount of money for it, or, what you know, what have you. And I say that mostly so that the listeners don't feel bad about those decisions, but also like we, we push our vendors, yep. right? we push on them and say like, this is something that we have to have because this is a good experience for our employees and it's a good experience for our security team mm-hmm. and it's a good experience for IT, right? And so most of them will come down right? They'll either lower prices Mm -hmm. or they will build the thing that didn't exist, right? 
Um, some of them, not all of them, but, but many of them will. And so you can't be afraid to negotiate on those things, especially if you're really trying hard to transition away from the old way, right? From right. factory yes. on-premise networks, things yeah. like that. Yeah. So, you know, in, in as we get to the end of our uh, a normal allotted time for for these these discussions. I think coming in, you know, in in the final thoughts, it's it's about having that courage to to make that change, um, to get away from your physical Active Directory. Um, yes, it can be difficult to to pivot from one identity to another, but it can be done. It has been done. Um, and you know to have courage and the, and the commitment to move away from applications that you're using that don't provide the access and security features that you need um, because it is a competitive market and and there are a lot more um, competitors out there um, and while it is is a big project and it could be prob- problematic moving from one application to another it's to move the business forwards um, and, and the whole practice of, of SaaS ops and better SaaS management. I think uh, it's something that everybody should, should be doing. Um, it it so. feels like one of the very first big steps. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let me just say, you know, and you, I know we've talked about a lot about the problems associated with switching IAM providers, choosing IAM providers, when you get it set up, when you're through the project, it's it's magic. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, life will become a lot more simple and a lot more streamlined. And, and that simplification and how to streamline and automate a lot of stuff will, uh, will be covered in future episodes of the SAS Showdown. So thank you very much, Rose, for joining me again for another another conversation. Thank you. Produced by the Tab Geeks Network. Enjoy all of our shows on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Tab Geeks. Join our exclusive, free, no sponsors allowed Slack community and sign up for our newsletter at tabgeeks.com.